Hi, I'm Neil McReynolds, the pastor of the City Church, and I just want to personally thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m., and we'd love it if you came and joined us. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy this week's podcast. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Neil. I'm the pastor here at the City Church, and tonight we're going to be talking about having the gift of a pastor. And so hopefully by the end of this message, you don't think of a pastor as like the person on the stage or the person kind of in charge of a church, but you can see it from a gift perspective of a lot of people are called to be pastors. It's part of the gift that God created in you. And um, it might be one of your highest gifts and it might be something that, you know, um, isn't the highest gift of your life right now. I uh, was at the, the gym the other day and this guy came up to me and said, aren't you a pastor? (laughs) And I always like kind of like take a second to think about, okay, so what have I said to this guy that he's asking me this question? Aren't you a pastor? I said, yeah. And he goes, so do you guys like sing holy, holy, holy? (laughs) And I said, how's that song go again? And he said, "Uh, you guys sing and stuff. I was like, yeah, for sure. You know, we got drums and we got guitars and a bass and all that good stuff. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, isn't being a pastor hard? And it was something I never thought about until he said it. <laughs> I've never thought about, like, is being a pastor hard? And I think after, you know, we describe what a pastor is and this pastoral gifting, I'll, I'll let you decide if being a pastor is hard, to have that gift of a pastor, We've been reading from Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 as we're in this, in this uh, series called Created on Purpose and for Purpose. And so this is Paul explaining to the church, these are the types of gifts that you're going to have in your church. And I want these operating in the message version as you read this. It says, I don't want you sitting on your hands. I want you to actually have these gifts operating in your church. And so it's Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Next, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so he's saying that there's going to be all these gifts. Paul's in prison. He's writing to the church. You guys are going to have these gifts. And here's what I want you to do. I want them all functioning in the church. I want everybody playing. Everybody gets to be a part of this. And God's created you with a purpose. He's put a gift inside of you. You were created on purpose. And you have purpose. And here's your purpose. You're going to be apostles. You're going to be a prophet. You're going to be evangelist. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a teacher. You're, you're going to serve. You're going to, you're going to have so much mercy. Like these are all the gifts that God's created in his church. And so today we get to break down what a pastor is, the gift of a pastor. The definition of this is a supernatural functional gift that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ. And here's what I want you to remember out of this to respond wholeheartedly with extraordinary compassion. To respond wholeheartedly with extraordinary compassion. A pastor's definition is to respond wholeheartedly with extraordinary compassion. Would you guys say that? Wholeheartedly with extraordinary compassion. 
Like that's what I want you to get out of this tonight is a pastor is somebody who responds wholeheartedly with extraordinary compassion to those who are in need. This gift that you just can't help it, but God put it in your heart and you're just constantly extraordinary compassion for people. Some of the characteristics of a pastor is looks for the good in people, is not critical. Kind of ask yourself, if this is, does this describe you tonight? Is attracted to the people who are hurting or in distress. Some of you are thinking like, that's why I keep dating those types of guys. <laughs> as, a, as a guy, it's like, that's why I keep trying to save these girls. Wants to remove hurts and relieve distress. Is motivated to help people to have the right relationships with one another. You know that person in your life that's always trying to like mend relationships? Oh, you should just forgive them. And you know, that, that person's a pastor. Takes care of their words and actions to avoid hurting people. Is drawn to others with the gift of compassion. Is thoughtful and loves to do things for others. Remembers special occasions. Your mom's a pastor. Nobody gets that. Why isn't that funny? <laughs> I thought it was so funny. You don't understand the amount of time and energy I spend on this <laughs> to find those little things. Like, Okay. Anyways, this is characteristics of a pastor. Ask yourself, or do any of these ring true with me tonight? Trust. Expects others to be honest and reliable. <laughs> oh boy lacks firmness unless it's seen on how it's going to bring benefit in the relationship now how's this going to benefit somebody i can be really firm with them and it might bring some benefit some of the common weaknesses of pastors sometimes has a savior complex <laughs> hmm? the tenderness and sensitivity can cause them to take up another person's offense because your heart's so big, you have so much compassion, somebody hurts somebody, and all of a sudden you're really upset with them. It's normally a pastor's heart. Can be, can be easily hurt by others. Must be careful with ministering to the opposite sex because compassion can sometimes be misinterpreted. Oh, she really likes me. She just wanted to pray for you. <laughs> she don't like you. <laughs> She's a pastor, or he's a pastor, really coming on to me. Like, they just have compassion. Must, must be very careful. Hear that. I want you guys to hear that tonight. Got to be careful with this gift. May exhibit pity when a person really needs exhortation or reproof, therefore may hinder healing or growth. Sometimes you're just enabling this is a common weakness where you're just so much enabling going on that like somebody actually just might need like, you know, some, some real words spoken, some truth. But a, a pastor, a common weakness is that. And may concentrate more on the physical needs than helping a person in spiritual needs. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of physical needs, pastors love to jump in there and take care of people and love them and, and, and care for them right where they're at. They're drawn with compassion. And sometimes, you know, people need some more spiritual healing and not always just like the physical taken care of, just some common weaknesses. There's a beautiful story in the Bible of what it looks like in day-to-day -day life to be a pastor, to have this gifting 
It's found in Luke 10. Um, Luke 10, 25. If you guys want to turn there in your phones, in your Bibles. I just invite you to just press into this and just like, let's get everything we can out of the Word of God. You know, guys, we spend like, what, 25 minutes a week opening up God's Word as a body and community. And so, like, I just invite you, like, let's just invite the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us, remove distractions that are around us, and just like really press into what God wants to say tonight. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite you right here into this space. Lord, we just take a break from common life and just like your average Tuesday night service. This isn't it, Lord. You have something specific to say to this church. Every single time we open up the Bible, God, you have something specific to say to us. And so, Lord, we we remove distractions. We remove distractions of our week, our day. And Lord, would you speak directly to our hearts in this room? I just, I pray for us to have attentive ears right now. Lord, that our ears would be unplugged from all the different things that are just pulling us in a million different directions and we would just be able to focus right in, supernatural focus on your word tonight. I just remove myself from, from your way, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you just speak directly through me to your church? You know exactly what it is that we need to hear. You're, we're your kids and you have something really special for each one of us. Just speak, God. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen? All right. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is a valid question, right? A lot of us have had this over the years. It's, it's brought us to a place of, man, what happens after death? And so what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, what is written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it? which I love how Jesus answers questions with questions always, most of the time. And then he says, well, how do you read it? And so it, you can, we're going to read the same exact passage tonight, but we're all going to read it very differently. And so Jesus says, well, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So this is how you inherit eternal life. So he answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he, said, so he asked, you know, and who is my neighbor? It's a good question. Is it just the people right next door? Do I just got to love two people? If you live in an apartment complex, you kind of got to love more than two. But who's my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and went on their way, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. This guy's half dead, passes on the other side. And so to a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him and passed on the other side. And so those, these are two people, a priest and a Levite, they, they would definitely be known as people that would want to go out of their way to care for people in theory. But it says that they pass to the other side. And I've always thought of that as like this visual thing where these people are going down the road and visually you don't want to make eye contact with somebody. So they kind of just pass to the other side, put their head down, you know what I mean? And 
you know how it is that when you're at the, the grocery store and you really don't want to talk to somebody and so you pass on the other side, which looks like going down the other aisle? <laughs> like, you guys don't do that? Like, the Super Bowl's about on. I don't want to get in a conversation with that person. Uh, I'm going to pass on the other side. So I've always looked at it as very visual that the, the priests or the Levite, they didn't want to make eye contact with them to find out what was going on. And so it's a lot easier to kind of close their eyes, right? And pass to the other side. But then the more I dove into this, what it actually was talking about was this impurity. So if the priest or the Levite were to touch somebody that was dead, they would all of a sudden become impure. They're so worried about their whitewashed tombs. So worried about the, the, the physical, like I'm going to be known as impure because I touched somebody who was dead. And it actually says that they passed on the other side because they didn't even want that their shadow would touch the person because they believed that their shadow would touch the person, all of a sudden they would become impure. So they didn't even want to engage because of the way it would make them look. They would no longer be pure. This, this, this fake religious purity that they were living out. And so Jesus is pointing this out they pass to the other side. But then the pastor arrives on the scene, the Samaritan. And as he traveled, he came to the man and he saw him and he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring out oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii which is, is about two days' wages. So for me, that's about 3,000 bucks. He took out $3,000. Yeah. Now that's funny. Is it? <laughs> I work really hard at this stuff, guys. <laughs> he took out two days' wages and gave them to the innkeeper. He says, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So I ask you, church, tonight, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replies, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, then go and do likewise. And this is where we see the pastoral gift in play. Because pastors look a lot like going out of their way for people they don't even know. This gift, you're just drawn with compassion. They care for people's needs. And in this story, the Samaritan actually trusts the innkeeper, which at this time, innkeepers were known to like rob people and really take advantage of them. But the pastoral gifting in them, it's like, I'm gonna trust the innkeeper and take care, to take care of them. They don't care what it looks like by leading somebody else on their donkey. And the biggest part of the Good Samaritan story is, I want you to hear this, is they chose pity over purity. Because you find that in pastors a lot of times. Choosing pity over purity. The others passed by and saw the man as this impure person. I can't engage I can't even come in contact with them. They could see the man as half dead. 
worried about what others might say if they were to put them on their donkey and walk them. But pastors, on the other hand, are full of compassion and full of mercy and full of pity for people. Often found with very broken and hurting people. Pastors. Their heart breaks for people. They take on people's burdens. They pay people's debts. They have their hearts out there at all times. Willing to trust people that nobody else trusts. Willing to be around people that other people have given up on. They can't pass by on the other side of the road. They have to engage. It's a gift of compassion for people. So to answer my friend's question, do you guys sing Holy, Holy, Holy? Yeah, we do. It's a great song. Jacob's currently learning it. (laughs) Is being a pastor hard? The answer to the question is yes. It is. It's, in my opinion, out of the fivefold ministry, out of these gifts that God gives, it is the hardest to balance. It's really tough to balance, to know when's enough and, and to know when's enough compassion and know when, when do I release this person? When am I enabling and when, when do I just trust God with their life? It's really hard to balance. And there's people, the, the truth of the matter is, is that God created all of us with purpose and gifts. And there's people that don't know Jesus and they still have the gift of compassion in their heart. And they still love people so much and they're drawn with mercy into every situation in their family and they're just pulling in a million different directions. They don't know Jesus and and they're stressed out. (laughs) They're they're fulfilling the the weight and the burden of everybody else by using and and abusing drugs and and alcohol. And they're, they're just stuck in that because their heart is full. Because it's full of compassion, and you're just drawn into every, everybody's situation, but you don't know Jesus. But when you know Jesus, this gift is a beautiful gift that people truly see the hands and feet of Christ. They see like people that truly care about their life. It's something very, very different where you jump in the middle of life with people when they're walking through thick and thin and you're walking it through with them. It's a beautiful gift. When you know Jesus. My friend shared this the other day and it just really struck, struck a chord with me. It said, in my case, I knew of no Christian who truly cared about me, no one who had been part of my life through thick and thin. I had plenty of Christian acquaintances and I'm sure that they would have been my friend if I would have become a Christian. But that kind of friendship is conditional. There were no one who cared about me unconditionally. And since no Christian cared about me, I did not care about their message. And man, all I was thinking when I read that, whether whether there's a lot of hurt and baggage involved in this statement, but all I was thinking was, they didn't meet a pastor. They didn't meet somebody that truly cared about them. A person that is following Jesus Christ and has this gifting of pastor because If they did, they would know Jesus Christ today. We need pastors. 
We need this gifting. Man, your workplace needs a pastor. I'm not talking about quitting your job and starting a church. I'm talking about operating out of the gift that God has called you to. Your work needs a pastor. Your family desperately needs a pastor. Somebody to really care about them and love them right where they're at, unconditionally. Your church needs pastors. People come in very broken and hurting. And we need this gift to function at 110% in the downtown Davenport church. We need pastors. And we need pastors to see people as half alive and not half dead. Did you see that in that story that the, the other people walked by and they rode by and they only could see the person as half dead? They couldn't see him for half alive. We need pastors to see people as, it's not a hopeless situation. Your marriage can be restored. There's hope. We need pastors to come along people and say, even though everybody else has given up on you, maybe you don't say that, <laughs> but to come alongside people that everybody else has given up on and say, no, there's hope because you know what? Jesus radically transformed my life and I've had people surround me and speak into my life. So I see hope in your situation. You might not see it. Everybody else might see you as half dead, but you know what? I see you as half alive in Jesus Christ. We need pastors. We need people to just embrace people right where they're at, unconditionally. It's full of love and full of compassion. It's truly the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ, this gift. So I didn't ask for this gift, guys. I honestly didn't. And I want to be very, very clear with you. Out of all these giftings, this is the one gift that I never asked for. <laughs> In about four years, God gave me this gift, and I don't know how much of it. I know people that are like way stronger at it than me. I, I love to create things. I love to start new stuff. And then like the Lord just like, when we started this church, he said, I'm going to give you a little bit of compassion and mercy for people. Like, and I was like, that, you know, I didn't really know what was happening. And at the time, I was like, thank you for doing that. And now I look back like, what are you doing to me, God? But, uh, but there is one little thing that I have picked up on in the last four years. And this is, if you feel like, man, this is part of my gift mix that God's created me. You know, I definitely see some of those characteristics. I'm definitely always drawn to people that are hurting. I always have compassion for people. If this is you, if this describes you at all tonight, there's one thing that I, one little secret that I'd love to invite you in on that I've learned in the last four years. And that is this, is you have to daily release your burdens to the Lord. <laughs> because you know what? This thing is full to the brim and you start wearing everybody else's burdens, everybody else's horrible decisions they're making, you, you just like, you get so full. And, and it just weighs you down and, and you'll find yourself in, in, a, in a really, it can really play a number on your life. So you have to daily, and I, and I, I don't mean like, I don't know, weekly, monthly. Like for me, gotta daily release my burdens to the Lord. And just go, Jesus, these are your people. You gave me compassion for your people, family members, friends, the church, people in small groups. Like that, 
They're all your people. So I give you back your people. I'm not carrying those burdens anymore. You have the burden, Lord. You took all those burdens on the cross. So for me, it, it looks like just spending time in worship. I love just throw on YouTube some Bethel and just, and just worship God and just, and just sing to him and, and just be in his presence. And Scott, these are, these are your burdens. I'm sorry for holding on to them. And what he does is what, when you release your burdens to him, what he does is he makes space for you to have capacity for new people. Because a lot of times what I've noticed is pastors get so burned out with everybody's burdens. They don't have any space for new relationships and new friendships and new people in their life because they're so burdened with just the people that they already know. And so as we daily release our burdens to the Lord, he creates new space that you can have more effect and you can have more advancing of his kingdom through being Jesus's hands and feet and showing compassion to more people. But it doesn't happen when we're full of burdens. Can I get an amen if, you, if that makes sense to you? So what I'd love to do is uh, tonight, as we've done with every single one of these gifts, is I would love to, to pray for you. I would love to bless you. And I'm also going to invite you to just release burdens tonight. Yeah. I believe the Lord wants to bring some hope into some what they feel like hopeless situations right now. Anything that just like you walked in the door and it's, man, whether it's a really close friend or relative or maybe you feel like you're in a situation right now, it's like, I, I, very, I really feel hopeless right now that the Lord wants to bring hope. But first of all, um, for all you pastors in the room, you're like, that's, that's definitely me. Everything that you said tonight, man, it describes who I am. I just want to bless that and let you know that we need you. We need you at City Church. We, we desperately need you at City Church. And we need you in this city to have capacity for for people and to love people right where they're at. So if that's you tonight, I'm just going to ask you to be bold and just stand up and say, man, that describes me. That's, that's definitely one of the gifts that God's given me pretty strong. So this is a great time to stand up if that's you. All right. Very cool. For any, anybody else in the room that you're saying, you know what, I, and I, I haven't done this with the other gifts, but I feel like this gift is something that um, we can actually, you know, it's kind of been imparted in, in myself that I didn't ask for it, but I'm going to invite you to ask for it. <laughs> I'm going to ask, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and say, you know what, if that's a gift that you would like more compassion and mercy for people tonight, I'm going to invite you to stand up and say, Jesus, yeah, that I want to be. I want to be that. I want to have more compassion for people. This is a great time to stand up if that's you. I'm just going to go ahead and pray. So Lord, first off, I just bless each person in this room that you've given this gift to. And we just bless that right now. We just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for this gift, God.
Thank you for the pastor's heart. The care and the tenderness and the mercy. So right now, Lord, I just pray that you just release any burdens that they've walked in here with. The burdens of of friends and family, the church people and relationships, any of those, Lord. Just just release them right now, Holy Spirit. I just invite you, if you feel like um, that's definitely a gift that you have or a gift that you're wanting, and just put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. And just, and just actually offer the burdens to God. Any burdens you walked in here with, just offer them to him. Just say, Lord, take my burdens. Just release them right now. Hmm. Lord, I pray for all the people that that stood up and just said, this is something that I I want. (laughs) They just see that need in their life. Lord, I just pray that you would just impart that gift and is um, to the capacity that of what you're wanting their life to be in this gifting. Lord, I just pray for balance, Lord, as, as you start drawing them to hurting and broken people more and giving them more compassion. Lord, I pray for supernatural balance over people with this gift that they would just have such an ear for your spirit to just speak to them. Okay, that, that was enough. Or um, it's time to release that person. It's time to just trust, trust them to, to God. Lord, just give them a great ear of balance, Lord. passion and mercy right now. Right now. I just really believe the Lord's going to give you new eyes to see people as half alive that that other people have just been thrown in the towel on and situations people have been thrown in the towel on, that God is going to actually give you brand new perspective of seeing people as half alive. I think he's even bringing some people to mind right now that are in some situations that, that are other, everybody else is just kind of thrown in the towel on. He's bringing some people to mind that he's, he's drawing you to and He's giving you the the tool of compassion for him right now. Last thing I just want to pray is um, with this gifting, a lot of people take advantage of it because uh, you just constantly trust people and you're, you're always, you know, putting your heart out there and you're just got so much compassion for people that when people find out that that's part of your gifting, they, they can tend to take advantage of that. So I just invite you tonight to just forgive those people that have taken advantage of your pastor's heart. Just forgive them as hard as it is. Because as long as you walk in the unforgiveness of what other people have done, it's, it's hindering what God wants to do. And so just, just actually just forgive them right now.
Just choose to forgive. No matter if they've told you they're sorry, no matter what they've done, just choose to forgive right now. Because God wants to use your heart. He wants to use your compassion. He wants to reach a city. He wants to reach your workplace. And so you can't hold on to the unforgiveness of what people have done. So just choose to forgive. Just give it to Jesus. Thanks again for taking time to listen. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website at cityqc.com.